Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hi, I'm your host, Kim Bilotto. Today, my co-host is out on the road, Alvin Bailey, so he won't be able to join us. But we do happen to have our associate editor of Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine with us today, David Blackman, who is going to help me uh, host the show today. We've got a lot to talk about, David. Would you not agree with the latest issue of Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine out? So, David, tell us a little bit about what's going on in this latest issue. Well, I mean, the great, the best part of it, of course, in my view, since I wrote it, is the cover on Wayne, Wayne Christian, the railroad commissioner here in the state of Texas. Um, but there's a lot of other really good content in the magazine this month, as always. Uh, and that's that's why I'm always so excited to be a part of this magazine is that there is just always such a variety uh, of content in the magazine from policy to what's going on in the business, what's going on in the community. Um, and, you know, past issues, we've had CEOs uh, for the cover story this time. It's, it's our new statewide elected official. And Wayne, uh, I will say this about Wayne. He was one of the most fascinating interviews. Uh, I've ever done. <laughs> and and why do background. you say that? His oh, because he was a past elected official, correct? Uh, correct. But in another and, capacity. And, right. He was. Uh, he was a uh, member of the, the House of Representatives for 14 years uh, in two different uh, periods of time. You know, representing his district out in East Texas. But this is the first time he served in a statewide office. Um, and I've known Wayne for for quite a number of years uh, in my past life as a lobbyist. I dealt with him quite a bit uh, when he was in the legislature. But I didn't know about his background uh, as a gospel singer. Uh, I didn't know anything about his upbringing there in East Texas and how he met his wife and, you know, and how he's raised his family and how proud he is of all that. And, uh, and then, of course, we also talked about uh, the business that he runs as financial planner and how he's had to keep that going um, while serving in a full-time position as statewide elected official. Uh, he had to have a backup plan. <laughs> turned around, turned out his backup plan was his daughter, and uh, she's apparently doing a tremendous job uh, running the business for him while he's serving in this office. So, anyway, it's a, it's, it's a really neat story about a, about a really good guy who's, uh, I think, going to be an outstanding visioner. Well, you know, David, he really is an amazing commissioner and part of the reason why we like to do a cover on a newly elected commissioners because we you know obviously being a texas railroad commissioner which there are three is a very important job here in texas and it is important that the citizens of texas understand uh who's representing them who got elected uh because this agency is so important and commissioner Christian is 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 a very important role model here for for the Texas oil and gas, and so I wanted uh, for our readers to uh, get to know him a little bit better. You did an excellent job of bringing his story out, like you always do, and so I do encourage uh, our listeners to go uh, to shellmag.com and they can just flip through the digital issue and get a little bit familiar. But uh, you know, like you said, Commissioner Christian is definitely no stranger to. Uh, 
Austin and uh, serving as an elected official. And I, I believe he will do amazing things in his six years here at the commissioner's office. But David, I also wanted to switch gears a little bit and cover a little bit about an article that we covered on President Trump as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, that article in which we kind of are uh, leading to the point that uh, Trump is doing what he said he was going to do for the energy sector. So tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah, um, you know, and it's it's true. Uh, the president has uh, really had a strong focus on energy and um, really focused on it early on. Frankly, the third day uh, he was in office, he issued that executive order on the to restart the Dakota Access and Keystone XL pipelines. And Dakota Access is up and running and flowing oil now out of the Bakken shale and Keystone as well on its way to, to being completed or getting the final approvals in place so they can begin that, that last leg of construction up north. Um, and he's done a lot of other things uh, just in terms of, of uh, reversing some you know, some of the last-minute flurry of regulations that came out of the Obama administration that were just uh, shoved through the system in a very haphazard and disorderly way. And uh, Congress reversed some of those through the through the Congressional Rule Act, uh, Review Act, but the, the president also took action to uh, reverse some of those through executive orders uh, and administrative actions. Um, and so it's just been um, a real change, frankly. I'm, I'm doing a presentation next month, and, and the theme of it is that the sea change um, that the Trump administration has brought to federal energy policy compared to what we've had over the last eight years, and it, it's just, it's night and day, frankly, and uh, I think everyone in the oil and gas industry is certainly very relieved. You know, David, we've had a couple, in, in this issue, there were a lot of great articles uh, I do. I can't get to all of them, unfortunately. Uh, that's why I'm encouraging our listeners to go to shellmag.com. But I do want to hit on a few more. One of the writers, Kelly Moore, um, was writing an article as well. Cover that. Tell me a little bit about that article. Yeah, Kelly is just a, just such a great writer. I'm so happy we've got her writing for our magazine. She's one of the most talented writers I've ever come across. She, she did a piece for us uh, in this current issue that is titled A Brief History of the Special Counsel Statute and its abuses. And uh, she goes through the history of special counsels of the past, um, going all the way back to the Reagan administration and Lawrence Walsh's appointment to look into the whole Iran-Contra thing, which that investigation went on for six years. Um, Then you had Ken Starr and the Clinton administration uh, looking into the whole Monica Lewinsky mess and all that, he went all, He he was in business for four or five years, and and Patrick Fitzgerald uh, in the second Bush presidency was, you know, his his investigation went on for four or five years, and and none of these. I think the biggest point about all this that readers will find fascinating is you have these broad ranging investigations that go on for years and years, and you never end up with any convictions that are that are any way related to the supposed original point of the investigation. And I just think it's a fascinating read and a really good recounting of the history of that law. So I I would agree because it kind of does help go back through the history to see what's basically happening right now. Uh, John Tatera, the uh, executive director for Texas Alliance of Energy Producers as well, uh, sent in some content this issue, and and that's an amazing story too. Tell me a little bit about what uh, John Tatera had to say. 
yeah, John's just been doing spectacular work this year, just in terms of working with Congress. He's working with members of Congress. He's working with people in the Trump administration to uh, encourage uh, both the EPA and, and other uh, Department of Energy as well, uh, agencies in the federal government to delegate more authority to the state agencies. And because in reality, the people who are going to be able, best able to regulate the environment and the energy industry are people who are close to where the action is, and those are state regulators. Federal regulators uh, in Washington, D.C. have a long and terrible history of turning out really bad poorly constructed regulations. Exactly. And it, yeah, and so John has just done some fantastic work through a uh, a group of, uh, and it's not just the energy industry, but but other business interests in a group that they're calling FRED, the Federal Regulatory Energy Delegation, um, and, and is, is having great results. And so that article kind of lays all that out. I couldn't agree with you more. This is probably one of the best uh, content-written shell magazines that really matters right now with where we are in our uh in the politics world and the energy world. And I do also want to encourage, you know, we just had a recent economic impact of the Eagle Forge shell that we don't have time to cover, but I would encourage anyone who's interested in the economic development uh, to go to Shell Magazine. It's kind of covered in there. Um, you can get all the latest research. It came out of uh, the University of Texas at San Antonio. We do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Oil field operators, mineral rights owners, and landmen, listen up. The Alphabet Energy Power Generating Combustor is the future of flaring. This cutting-edge technology transforms flaring into a source of power generation that can power an entire remote site. It's a superior combustor with no open orifices, which means no pilot light blowouts. Improve your site safety and reliability while reducing emissions from both power generation and combustion today. Visit alphabetenergy.com or call their Houston office at 832 832- Two eight zero five three seven zero. Again, that's alphabetenergy.com or call 832-280-5370. The Alphabet Energy Power Generating Combustor, the future of flaring. Managers, bosses, supervisors, hey, flu season is here. Don't let the flu bug bite your employees. Banish sick days and keep your workforce strong, healthy, and productive with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. Trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 866-334-2485. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. 
the Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong, serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. And we're back. You're listening to End the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto. Our guest today is Associate Editor of Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine and our energy expert, David Blackman. David, welcome uh, back to the show. You know, one of the greatest topics going on right now all over the media is President Trump. Um, And there's lots to talk about and unpack. Just when you talk and you say President Trump, there's so much going on. But let's talk a little bit about President Trump's new theme for America, energy dominance. Now, that's not energy security or energy independence, as some previous presidents have talked about, but energy dominance. And the president's speech in Warsaw a couple of weeks back, well, he told the Polish people that his administration would ensure that Poland and other Eastern European nations would have soon new choices um, on how they source their natural gas to heat their homes and electricity. Um, So that was obviously a reference to the potential here for the U.S. for exporting uh, LNG to compete with Russia which, by the way, has had a huge monopoly uh, on providing natural gas to Eastern Europe for many, many, many years. So is this the sort of thing that President Trump means when he's talking about America energy independence? Yes, exactly. I mean, it's it's exactly what he's talking about and the central theme of of that policy initiative. Uh, The the differentiator, the best way for people to think about how you differentiate energy dominance from past discussions about energy independence or energy security is that this president, in direct contrast to not just President Obama, but really every other president since Reagan, uh, is going and his plan is to leverage uh, America's newfound incredible abundance of oil and natural gas. And, and of course, we've long known America it just has an incredible uh resource of coal, uh, also in the lower 48 states, he's going to leverage that that abundance into negotiations with other countries uh, in the Middle East, in Eastern Europe, uh, you know, in, in trying to uh, gain leverage with Russia, uh, as we just saw in that Poland speech. Um, and frankly, uh, not frankly, but uh, the other part of, of news and all that is, is the United States just had its first LNG cargo land in Poland uh, just two weeks ago. And so we're already getting into that market. And and that's, you know, all of the LNG exports that have happened so far are coming out of a single terminal, uh, Chenier's terminal. And as more and more of these terminals get built, these export facilities get built, 
more and more of this natural gas is going to go overseas and start to get into those markets. And so the Russians are, it's not something the Russians really like to hear the president of the United States talk about, but there it is. Well, I happen I happen to think that energy dominance sounds pretty bold, <laughs> and I like yeah. it. Uh, but it also kind of makes me think, well, wait a minute. I thought that um, the Russians wanted uh, Trump to be elected, and it kind of seems like uh, probably not. Oh, well, that's a probably different show, not, yeah. right? That's a different show. <laughs> uh, but it's not all just about exports, correct? I mean, doesn't energy dominance also mean that the U.S. will have – increased we'll have our own increase of its own energy production our own energy production in areas of oil gas coal and everything else correct that's correct and and uh you know as we talked about in the first segment the president's already gone about implementing new policies that are, are going to have a very stimulative effect on the industry um and so that's all a part of the plan and and it, it really goes back to the campaign when the, when the president at every campaign stop, talked about his America First energy plan. Well, that America First energy plan, the, the, the whole idea behind it is to implement federal policies that will actually stimulate oil, gas, coal, even wind and solar, uh, although you, it's kind of hard to export wind and solar. But, I mean, his, his, his whole concept is we need to be creating more and more and more of our own energy here in the United States so that we don't have to bring it in from foreign countries, and that we have this excess abundance of, of natural gas and oil and coal that we can start exporting overseas and create open new markets for United States companies that creates jobs, it creates economic impact here in the United States. And it's all a, a an integrated plan that, uh, unfortunately, doesn't get covered much by the media because they're so focused on tweets and things like that. Oh, yes, the, uh, the, the really important things. You know, I, I also wonder how many of uh, our listeners, David, remember that, uh, you know, when the United States is relying on other countries uh, for our energy needs, it's not a good thing for us. Uh, it, it really can have a huge uh, impact on our pocketbooks in, when, in the way that they actually adjust how much they sell uh, our energy or our oil back to us. And, and so that's something that we need to Remember when we're looking at uh, our march towards energy dominance now and how important it is for the security of the United States uh, to remain steadfast, that we need to continue to do this. Um, And so that being said, we do have to take a real quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we will be right back. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 and let's talk. 
The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me, abailey at kaligauto.com. That's abailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kalig, K-A-H-L-I-G, auto, A-U-T-O, dot com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association, who is the unified voice for the energy industry's service, supply, and manufacturing organizations, advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com. And we're back. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is the associate editor of Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine and our resident energy expert, David Blackman. David, before the break, we were talking about the real meaning of energy dominance uh, and, and the way that President Trump means it. But I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about pipelines, uh, processing plants, refineries, and other parts of the midstream and downstream part of the energy industry. Is the administration planning to work on ways to create policies that would stimulate those areas as well? And for that case, do they really need to? Because I think petrochems are doing amazing. But what about the rest of the food chain in there? Yeah, you know, certainly to the extent the federal government has jurisdiction, you know, the administration is looking for ways to to make it quicker and, and streamline processes for permitting, uh, obtaining rights of way for pipelines that are coming out of federal lands and waters, for example. Uh, as, as production is beginning to ramp back up in the Gulf of Mexico, you're going to need new pipeline capacity coming out of the Gulf, those federal waters in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, the, the administration, certainly the Department of the Interior, is planning on, has already announced several additional new lease sales uh, in the Rocky Mountain states. And, and you're also beginning to see more activity going on in Alaska on federal lands up on the North Slope um, uh, and in the Cook Inlet near Anchorage. Uh, Hill Corp here in Texas is having great success in Alaska right now. And other companies are, are beginning to get involved up there. And so with all of that, you're probably going to need uh, additional pipeline capacity as new areas of production are opened up. So the administration certainly is looking for ways to, to really streamline those permitting processes that just take so, so long uh, when the federal government gets involved or have in past years and, and try to speed those things up. So that's all very important. And where refineries are concerned, you're right. I mean. Uh, the refining industry has undergone very significant expansions here in recent years in the United States. We've even, for the first time in 35, 40 years, had a brand new refinery sited and permitted. And so 
um, you know, uh, that part of the business really doesn't need a lot of stimulation uh, right now. There's a lot of capital flowing into that business. Uh, yeah, and they've had a good, like you said, four or five years uh, due to the Shell Place coming on board, and a lot of profits have been made for refineries. Um, how about natural gas, uh, oil and natural gas prices? Um, let's get down to some of the real questions. Like President Trump definitely needs oil and natural gas to have a you know sustained boom to in production over the next several years to help maximize his negotiation leverage in this area, right? But aren't prices aren't prices a little too low right now to accomplish this? Or or how how do we get these prices up? Well, that's the that's the big forty million dollar question. Of course, is you know as, as we're talking, natural gas price is about three dollars uh, an MMBTU, and it's been around that level for years now. Uh, there doesn't seem to be uh, uh, any way to get it substantially higher than that. And, and the oil prices in the mid forties were at the first of the year; it was in the low fifties, and and these are not. Quite honestly, in direct answer to your question, these are not prices that are high enough to sustain the kind of production boom uh, you would really need in the United States to fully maximize this strategy that the president wants to employ. And uh, how do you get that price up? Well, um, you know, the only way the federal government could do it would be to implement some sort of import fee. And uh, it's hard to, to envision Congress agreeing to that. And I don't really think the president wants to go down that road. Uh, and so, you know, that would be the kind of artificial stimulation uh, of a price, of a commodity price that, you know, is the kind of tinkering with the markets and picking winners and losers that Republican politicians typically don't like to engage in. So, you know, it, it's a great strategy. And a lot depends on how the market develops over the next few years. Um, frankly, I'm kind of optimistic after this year that, that we're going to have a significantly stronger price. I hope I'm right. Um, and so uh, it may all come about for him uh, without any government intervention. Um, but, but yes, you've identified the, the, the one real sticking point in this plan strategy. Well, you know, um, your background is a CPA, and uh, the former Texas Railroad Commission, David Porter, also is a a CPA and um, you know he has you and him always seem to be right on target on saying the exact same thing so while I know you both don't have a crystal ball you're pretty close and you're usually pretty accurate um, when it comes down to where are we going with oil and gas prices so um, good job we do have to take a quick break you are listening to in the oil patch radio show and we'll be right back Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. 
Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha source side-by-side -side owner study. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Uh, our guest today is David Blackman, our resident energy expert, as well as our associate editor for Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine. David, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about Russia. Boy, they are definitely Russia, 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 Russia for everything. But <laughs> Russia has also been funding U.S. anti-fracking groups. Um, and so I want to take this topic on for a minute. They have, we've seen reports uh, this past week that there have been uh, two Texas congressmen, Lamar Smith from San Antonio, who's in my district, and Randy Weber from Alvin. And they're alleging that Russia has been giving millions of dollars to uh, fund anti-fracking groups here in the United States and trying to depress the American natural gas production. So um, I do remember doing a show with Commissioner David Porter at the time, and he had a lot to say interesting things about you know, who was funding these groups and how they were, money was coming from outside of the United States to slow this down or to prevent progress. What do you have to say about this topic? Well, David's right. David's, David's right pretty much all the time. I, 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 as you mentioned earlier, I do agree with him a lot. He's, he's correct about this too. It, it, um, you know, uh, an industry group called Energy in Depth uh, followed the money, uh, did an investigation of all of this about five years ago now. Uh, and that resulted in some some news stories, but most of the major media didn't pick it up. Really does Well, of course not, because it doesn't fit their narrative. But the, yeah, there's no question that the Russians, not just the Russians, but other countries like Saudi Arabia, uh, George Soros money goes into these groups uh, by the millions of dollars. Uh, foreign nationals and, and foreign governments have funded these anti-fracking groups. Uh, uh, to a very large extent uh, over the last seven, eight years because it, it's in their interest to do so. Uh, the Russians, as we talked about earlier, have this monopoly or have had this monopoly uh, on e providing Eastern Europe with natural gas. And they, you know, years ago, Putin saw that, well, gee, if, if the United States is going to be producing all this shale gas, sooner or later they're going to have to find new markets for it and they may start infringing on our markets here in Eastern Europe. So, Obviously, it was in their interest to fund these anti-fracking groups. Uh, same with Saudi Arabia on the oil side. And so, yeah. 
maybe it's karma too because it didn't work and if anything uh we're doing really well in that area but the bigger question david is isn't this illegal i mean how can we be how can we be taking money from foreign governments to distribute misinformation about american industries how do how do people get away with this well they you know they're very clever about uh, uh doing it all through uh shell corporations and cut out companies uh, one, one, I remember one thing that was traced through uh, involved a law firm here in the United States that uh, had a client in, uh, in Bermuda and for the Bahamas, and the Russian government was, was putting money into a, a bank, bank account, an offshore bank account in the Bahamas that this, this client company was then laundering through the law firm. Here in the United States, and so they're they're pretty clever about it, and they go through uh, big foundations, you know, that don't have to disclose their donors. Uh, you can you know, have the Park Foundation, the Heinz Foundation, all these gigantic foundations that take money from all over the world. Uh, they're five hundred one c four organizations, so they don't have to disclose where their money comes from. And and frankly, a lot of these environmentalist groups, anti fracking groups, are organized the same way. So. Are they Americans? I mean, I, I just, are these Americans that are doing this mindfully, willingly, knowingly doing this? Uh, I wonder on that one as well. But I sure. guess, yeah. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I want to change the focus to Texas now because our program airs in the beautiful Lone Star state of Texas. Uh, one of the greatest things that did happen under the Obama administration was the repeal. Uh, the ban for American crude export, which had been in place for, you know, 40 years. The government recently reported that the U.S. is now exporting more than a million barrels of oil each day. Amazing. This has had an amazing impact on the Port of Corpus Christi and other Texas ports as well. So what's, what are the reasons why the policy change has benefited our state more than any other state? Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, and and the, the main reason is that the well, there's two big reasons, okay? First, we have, where we have a, an excess of crude oil in the United States production right now is this light, sweet, uh, beautiful uh, grade of crude oil that's being produced out of the Eagle Ford Shale in the Permian Basin in, in quantities that are just too big for the refineries along the Texas Gulf Coast to handle. And so, so your choices at that point are to spend a ton of money transporting this oil to refiners in Louisiana or up in Illinois or wherever you can find one that will take it. Or you put it on a ship and you send it to be refined in, in another country, um, you know, and, and sell it there. And it's, it turns out it's a lot cheaper in many instances to put it on a ship at Corpus Christi or Houston, the port of Houston, and, and have it shipped overseas to be refined. So a lot of producers... Uh, are, are choosing to do it that way. It's it's helping them make money. It's helping them stay financially solvent, uh, and it's it's enabling this big production boom that we've seen in Texas over the last ten months. And uh, so it's great. It's 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 so wonderful. We were able to get that policy change done in the Obama administration. And the only way we were able to do it was attach it to an omnibus budget bill that the president had to sign. Otherwise, he would have vetoed it. So. Uh, but, you know, that's just kind of how you get things done in Washington, even even when you have an administration that's working against you. Very true, David. We do have to take a quick break. 
You are listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. David, before the break, we were discussing the Port of Corpus Christi and the amazing uh, things that are happening for uh, the Emerald City. But I wanted to also talk to you a little bit about exporting of LNG uh, during 2017. We've had some major increases there. But that's all coming from the Chenier Export Facility in Sabine Pass. Uh, will Texas benefit from this new export market in the years to come? Oh, big time. Yes, absolutely. We've, we're going to have, gosh, in the next five years, we'll have at least three additional LNG export facilities built here in Texas. Uh, down in Brownsville, Corpus Christi, uh, near Port Arthur, for sure, and then potential for even one or two in addition to that. So, yes, um, over the next half decade, uh, every major port in the state of Texas is going to have a huge benefit. And Brownsville, you know, is already getting that benefit because we had federal dollars approved here last month to uh, dredge that ship channel and, and deepen it and widen it. So, first time in many years that's been done down there in Brownsville so it's it's just fantastic uh, business development for for the valley. Very very exciting times we're living in. Finally um, I did want to ask you so the first quarter of 2017 has been very very good for the Texas energy industry Uh, but I also you know we've we've seen a lot of uh, jobs that have been created or the jobs are returning rig count is up especially in the areas of West Texas and South Texas have really benefited but what do you see for the second half of the year? Will it be good, um, or will this lower price situation bring us bad news? And where do you see us going? Pull out your crystal ball. Well, I, th- I think things will slow down, and, and by that I don't want people to, to think take it the wrong way. What, what I mean by slow down is I don't mean that I think we're going to go into some big retraction uh, of the oil industry here in Texas. Like where, like where we've right. been, like where we've been. We're through the worst part of the storm is what you're saying. We have been, and yeah, and I think what's going to happen in the second half of the year is it's going to level off. Uh, the rig count will level off. It'll stagnate. It'll stay at the same level. So, or it could drop just a little bit, but it's not going to go down by 100 rigs or something like that. You might see it drop, you know, just a, a dozen or two dozen rigs between now and November. Um but as long as OPEC continues this export limitation agreement with Russia, uh, and as long as demand continues to increase, and it's increasing more rapidly this year than anyone had really projected it to at the first of the year, we're going to rebalance this market late this year. If supply and demand are going to get back into balance. And when that happens, the price of oil uh, is going to start going up again. And when that happens, we're going to see more and more rigs come online again here in Texas and around the United States. So I think for the next four or five months, you know, we're, we're going to just be chugging along at the level we're at. 
maybe just a little slower, but it's not going to be some big depression like it was a few years ago. And then next year, I'm really optimistic about it. I just think we're going to have a very good year in 2018. Well, David, let me ask you one last question on the Port of Corpus Christi. You know, earlier in the show, you discussed how how really busy this port is scheduled to be and all the wonderful things. So what is your hypothesis on what will Corpus look like in five years from now? Will it still be uh, the tourist city uh, with very little in, uh, industry except refinery? Or is it going to be completely different and very diverse with, with a lot of oil and gas? And uh, what, what do you see the residents of, of Corpus Christi what do you see their city looking like because of the expansion that's coming their way with the Port of Corpus Christi? Well, I, I hope it, it will look a little different. I, you know, Corpus Christi has always been such a wonderful place, uh, but it, it, it stayed the same size for about 30 years because there wasn't, hadn't been a lot of uh, business development. But with, you know, with the widening of the port and the building of the new Harbor Bridge that's going on, um, and the ability for these big tankers to come into that port now, that can, you know, go through the Panama Canal and these big super tankers. It should result in a real expansion of the level of business in that port. But at the same time, I don't see that impacting uh, the, the tourist tourism situation with the city. Uh, if anything, hopefully it'll provide additional tax funding, you know, for, for infrastructure improvements and, and things like that that, that only help uh, the tourism industry. Uh, you know, then. Corpus Christi, I mean, just people who don't know, I grew up in South Texas, spent an awful lot of time in Corpus Christi in, in my younger days, and uh, it's just been so gratifying to see uh, the good things happening down there um, for that city, which, you know, for, for quite a long time just didn't have much growth. It's always been on the outskirts of these big production areas, and so never been a direct beneficiary of the actual drilling of the wells and the production of the wells. But now that we have this ability to export this crude oil, I, I just think Corpus Christi is going to go through a real economic boom here in the coming years. Well, and I couldn't say that it's happening to a better city because I think we all want to see um, a city that has just maintained uh, they have great leadership, they've, they've, but they're getting ready to experience something amazing, and I'm very happy for them because I think that the leadership that they have had, especially at the port, has been just outstanding. Uh, they've managed to keep an executive director for you know, more than 20 years, John LaRue. They've brought in other talent from outside of the state of Texas and has different exposure, which is Sean uh, Strawbridge, who's scheduled to come on the show, the both of them to talk about all the great expansion here in, in, the, in the near future. And I just look and I see that this city is just destined for really great and big things. And I'm excited because they, they really have taken the opportunity to get some really good talent and, and, and retain some good talent to be ready for this next big phase that they're getting ready to have uh, come their way. So David, that's all the time that we have for the show. We look forward to having you back on next week as our resident energy expert. But for now, we are out of time. Thank you for coming on the show and talking to us about our energy topics. Thanks for having me. Always happy to be here. I'd like to thank David again for being a guest on our show today. And congratulations, because you are the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, be the first person to email the correct answer 
to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shellmag.com, and you will win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's trivia question is, what is the official title for David Blackman at Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine? Remember, be the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com and you will win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao Brazilian Steakhouse. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. Be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show or follow us on Twitter at shellmag. That's going to wrap up another great show. We look forward to seeing you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.